Welcome to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast where we dismantle the media misinformation that floods our news feeds all week long. The media tries to mislead you literally every day. Each episode of this podcast will leave you more equipped to correctly interpret the news and spot their deception quicker than before. This is Luke Taylor. I'm your austere religious scholar who will be your host in this roundup of the past week of fake news. And uh, what I want to talk about today, I want to start with the title of my show. You've probably heard, and maybe you know where this is from. We call this a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast. That comes from an actual Chiron on the CNN uh, video screen. Last year during the Black Lives Matter riots, cities were on fire. I mean that literally. Riots, looting, insanity going on all across the United States of America in the major cities after the death of George Floyd. Uh, Regardless of how you feel about the George Floyd situation specifically, the riots and looting got out of control very quickly. I'm not saying that every single protest that happened last year in regards to the Black Lives Matter movement got violent or involved stealing or some other crime. But I saw a lot of them on my TV screen doing exactly that. Uh, It was absolutely a madhouse out there. And one of the most hilarious things was how the Democrats and the media, which are exactly the same entities as far as I'm concerned, how they constantly tried to downplay the carnage that we were witnessing before our very eyes. It was classic gaslighting. I will someday do an episode all about gaslighting here on this show. But for right now, let me just say, they were trying to tell us that we didn't see what we could clearly see right before our eyes. And in fact, probably the peak insanity of all this was when CNN was interviewing uh, someone, I don't even know who it was, interviewing someone who was on the scene at one of these uh, demonstrations by Black Lives Matter activists, in which buildings are literally burning in the background behind this guy as he's speaking to CNN. And at the bottom of the screen... It tells us that they were fiery, but mostly peaceful protests going on in whatever city it was. Uh, It was probably the peak of not only fake news last year, but peak insanity of trying to convince us that we didn't see these cities on fire when they were literally on the background of this guy talking right there on CNN at that time. And so that's where I get the subtitle for the podcast here, Fake News a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast. It comes from that Chiron that you could see on CNN last year. Um, And that brings us also to a trial going on against a a young man who I 100% believe is innocent because I I have seen with my own eyes that he acted in self-defense. But Kyle Rittenhouse, he's on trial for shooting and killing two men and wounding a third man. Uh, All three of these men were attacking him during one of the fiery but mostly peaceful protests that went on last year. This one, I believe this one was up in Wisconsin. Kyle was there. He was providing medical treatment to people. He was carrying an AR-15 rifle. And uh, neither of those things are things I would would not recommend going into one of those, what is practically a war zone going on whenever these Black Lives Matter rioting and looting was all, when all that was going on last year. I wouldn't recommend going there, regardless of your age. I definitely wouldn't recommend a 17-year-old going and doing something like that. But Kyle did. His mere presence there wasn't necessarily a crime. However, and this is all caught on video, he was attacked by a few different men, and he defended himself when they were literally pointing weapons at him and trying to kill him in the street. 
he pointed his weapon back at them and fired. And like I said, two, minute, two of them died. One of them was wounded. As far as I'm concerned, it was a completely justified shooting. It was all self-defense. And I hope and pray that this trial, um, that, the, that the jury, who he is on trial in front of right now, will agree. But that's, for, that's to be decided later, probably very soon. By, by the time you're listening to this show, the verdict may already be out. And we will probably talk on, a, on the next episode about how the media covered the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, which was egregious. But I don't want to go all into the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. Remember this stuff, because we'll probably talk about it again next time. I foresee that being a future episode. But um, what I want to talk about today is actually the FBI and how they have been intertwined with a lot of major news stories over the past few years, including the Kyle Rittenhouse case. That's why I started talking about it. But they've been intertwined in a lot of big news stories for the past few years. And I want to talk about the role that the FBI is playing in our society right now. And uh, as you've already seen, my opinion on the FBI in the title of this episode, Disband the FBI. In fact, I was going to I was going to call this episode literally word for word. I was going to call it. It's time to disband the FBI. Then I saw earlier this week, then another podcast show comes out um, uh, from uh, the Steven Crowder show. I can't think of what it's called, but his show had an episode come out this week and it was called It's Time to Disband the FBI. So I thought, well, dang it, I can't use that now because people will think I was just stealing from him. So I'm just going to call it Disband the FBI because that, that is my honest truth opinion of what probably needs to happen with the FBI. I think it is too dangerous and too corrupted at this point to be redeemed or reformed. I honestly believe that this long-standing institution in America has lost its way and needs to be done away with completely. And I'll explain why I think that. I think I will convince you by the end of today's show why the FBI needs to be disbanded. So let's get right into it. Um, I'm going to mention a few stories from a couple from this past week, and then we're going to also look back kind of retrospectively over some major stories over the years. In this trial with Kyle Rittenhouse, the prosecution brought forward a, uh, I guess you'd call him a witness. Um, they brought in somebody from the FBI who was actually flying in a plane over Wisconsin when this shooting was happening last year. He happened to catch Everything that was going on between Kyle Rittenhouse and the assailants who attacked him, um, he was able to take video of that from the sky. And the prosecution brought this person forward. Uh, again, this person who worked for the FBI brought this person forward and wanted him to share. And And it's not even as if the footage, all the video footage, is, as far as I'm concerned, all the, the video footage that has been shown just exonerates Kyle Rittenhouse. But... The prosecution was trying to say um, <laughs> that when you had this aerial footage, that it would have told a different story. Um, you know, the, the farther away you take the camera, they have camera on the street of all this stuff happening of when Kyle was attacked. I mean, they have camera of people who are just like 20 or 30 feet away filming it. But since all that footage, you know, exonerates Kyle whenever you watch it, the prosecution wants to use footage taken from an airplane thousands of feet in the air because that... <laughs> <laughs> to make their case that Kyle acted wrongly, they, they need the video footage that was taken from as far away as possible. And, you know, believe it or not, the FBI apparently had this video. So the FBI is working 
with the prosecution on this case to help them um, to, pr to provide video footage from thousands of feet away that the prosecution is now trying to use to, to twist to his narrative that Kyle provoked this attack. Um, even though, if you haven't seen it for yourself, Kyle's running away from the assailants whenever they attack him. But the prosecutor's trying to, show, trying to say that Kyle provoked this attack. And so he brought in a witness from the FBI who had this video footage from a plane. Uh, the defense then got to cross-examine the witness, and they started trying to find out from the FBI, from this guy who was from the FBI, they were trying to find out where they could get the full, vi the full video footage. Because they said, I guess they had knowledge of this video footage from the FBI. And the, the defense says that they would also like to have that same video footage. So they're trying to figure that out from him on the stand. And, and this is what the defense said, that the FBI has been stonewalling them and will not help the defense obtain this video footage from that night that they took. They're only going to help the prosecution. They're not going to help the defense. They told the defense, which Kyle Rittenhouse's lawyer team, his legal team, they said that um, the rest of the video has been lost and it no longer exists, that they just deleted it either accidentally or on purpose, but that they no longer have that video footage. They could only provide it to the prosecution. And of course, the prosecution only showed what he wanted the jury to see from that footage. So uh, that's, an, that, that's so stupid because why would the FBI, if they actually had foot, I don't believe they'd delete anything, especially after just a year of the footage that they gather. But are you telling me that they had video footage of two people being killed and they just didn't bother saving that? They just like, eh, we don't really need this. And they deleted it. And that's exactly what the legal defense team said. Quote, I can't believe the FBI is doing surveillance of multiple homicides and gets rid of the video. That's preposterous. And it is preposterous. And here's what I find so telling, though. The FBI has only provided this video footage to the prosecution team. They haven't been helping the defense team. The FBI is trying to play sides here. They're trying to do what would hurt Kyle Rittenhouse and help the prosecution against him. Because it seems that the FBI, they, they basically, um, if we can talk about the greater context of what this case represents right now, the FBI seems to take a consistent stand of doing whatever will help the Democrats or their interests and doing things that will hurt Republicans and their interests. And I know that sounds very political. I'm saying the FBI is very political, but what I'm saying there sounds like a very political statement, which I'm going to try to prove and demonstrate today. But the greater context of the Kyle Rittenhouse case is that Kyle is a white man who was there helping and not in, he was not participating in the Black Lives, Ladder, Black Lives Matter movement. He was there helping people who had been hurt. He was there helping to guard stores from other rioters and looters. That's, that's why he had a weapon. And uh, again, I'm not saying that was necessarily wise for him at 17 years old at the time to be doing something like that. I, do, I wouldn't recommend doing something like that. Doesn't, does not justify whatsoever the people who came up and tried to kill him and chased him down the street. You know, I, I want to be clear on that. I know it's a little bit of a tangled case. But the greater context here is that the political left hates Kyle Rittenhouse because he's a white man who is doing something that they perceive to be against the Black Lives Matter movement. Black Lives Matter is a movement that the Democrats are very, very sympathetic to. They were covering for these riots and looting all of last year. Democrats are very much against Kyle Rittenhouse and, and everything he supposedly stands for. And the FBI is helping the prosecution try to convict Kyle 
But when the defense asks for that same video so they can see the full footage and they could share the full footage, the FBI is like, nope, sorry, we lost that. And so they, they expect us to believe that they deleted footage of people being killed. So this is why I say the FBI has become such a corrupt institution. They should just be disbanded completely. I hope I don't end up on some like watch list from the FBI just for saying that, <laughs> titling the show this today. But honestly, I believe that they are a corrupt organization that's just trying to benefit Democrats and their allies and do things that would hurt people who are more conservative. And I'll demonstrate that by some other ways. Another news item that broke here in the past few weeks was regarding uh, this thing called the Steele dossier. The Steele dossier was used as a basis for trying to basically overthrow President Donald Trump when he was elected in 2016. And every, everyone listening, I'm sure, remembers that for years, the media and the Democratic Party tried to convince the American public that Donald Trump had colluded with Russia to steal that election from Hillary Clinton. You heard that line again and again and again. I know you remember hearing that again and again. Politicians from the Democratic Party, people who were um, main, like big-name figures in the media, Rachel Maddow, lots of them, they got up night after night and told us the dam's about to burst, the walls are closing in, Donald Trump is about to be caught, that he stole the election by colluding with Russia illegally. Um, of course, all that turned out to be a sham. It all fell apart. There was um, millions of dollars spent on a years-long investigation by Robert Mueller, who overturned absolutely no collusion between Donald Trump and the Russian government. So it all turned out to be a big lie. It all fell apart. They could not impeach Trump on that basis. They couldn't get rid of him on that basis. Couldn't prosecute him on that basis because there was no evidence there. It all turned out to be a big lie to delegitimize and attempt to overthrow a duly elected president of the United States. I mean, it's serious stuff. So now that that investigation all fell apart, there's some people who are still investigating the origins of that whole investigation. There, I mean, let me say that in a more clear way. There's some people who are looking into how did the ball get rolling on this whole Russian collusion hoax that was perpetuated against the American people for years. And so as that's being investigated, there's a, I cannot think of his first name. Um, Durham is his last name. There's an investigator who's been, I, he was appointed by the previous presidential administration to look into the origins of the Russia probe to find out, you know, whether or not Donald Trump stole the election. There is an investigator, his last name's Durham, and uh, he's been investigating this whole thing to find out who is it that started this whole hoax. And a lot of it goes back to a dossier, a compendium of information compiled by a man named Christopher Steele. This is a a spy, not even from America. He's, he was contacted, though, to provide this compendium of information that they, it's commonly called the Steele dossier. And this dossier was used as a basis for the investigation into Donald Trump several years ago. Okay, so all that background, just to say this, I'm trying, it's a very complicated story. I'm trying to keep it as simple as I can. Uh, I always heard if you're trying to tell somebody a story and you don't want it to get too difficult for them to follow everything going on in the story, don't use more than three names. That's what I always hear. Don't use more than three names. Well, with this whole Steele dossier thing, I mean, there's dozens of names we could go through. 
I'm trying to keep it as simple as I can <laughs> so that you can follow. It, you might be aware of a lot of this stuff already, but I'm honestly, I'm trying to not get like overwhelmed with all the information I'm dumping here. So uh, some information came out this week about the FBI in regards to the Steele dossier. The Steele dossier is junk. Some things in it may have been true, but there's a lot of it that was completely falsified. Stuff about like Donald Trump's, uh, his, his lawyer, uh, whose name I can't remember, but I don't need to give you another name anyway. Donald Trump's lawyer had went to Russia at, supposedly at some time, and that turned out to be false. Um, then there was another one that, uh, another claim made in this dossier about Donald Trump and some hookers that he stayed the night with, and then they had this blackmail tape on him, and Russia was trying to in blackmail Donald Trump to control him. And anyway, it was all, it was all ludicrous. Um, it, <laughs> it turned out to all be false. Okay. But it all came, if you heard anything about that over the years, it all came from this thing called the Steele dossier. Well, the FBI investigated this Steele dossier and this came out, this came out very, very recently. It's been in a lot of places, but just to read something here from the New York Times, um, authority, the headline is authorities arrest analyst who contributed to the Steele dossier. There's a man named Igor Dachenko. He's a Russian analyst who worked with Christopher Steele, and he's the author of a dossier on rumors and unproven assertions about Donald J. Trump. He was indicted as part of the Durham investigation. An analyst who was a key contributor to the Democratic-funded opposition research into possible links between Donald J. Trump and Russia was arrested on Thursday and charged with lying to the FBI about his sources. So this man, Igor Dachenko, who worked on the Steele dossier, has been arrested for lying to the FBI about the information in this dossier. He lied to them all the way back in 2017. The investigation into uh, Donald Trump's supposed Russian collusion, it lasted into 2019. So this analyst, uh, the FBI had basically knew that he lied about the information in the report all the way back in 2017. And yet the FBI just just kept that, that, they kept that information hidden. They had disproved the dossier all the way back in 2017, but they just kept that to themselves and they let the Democrats and the media excoriate Trump day after day and, and try to claim that he was a Russian spy or that he colluded with Russia or that Russia had this blackmail on him. And so they were controlling, controlling, um, what our president did during his four years in office. You know, the, they were, the, if you remember, Saturday Night Live constantly had Donald Trump, not the real Donald Trump, obviously an actor playing him, um, kissing the Russian president in their skits. I mean, this just went on and on. They had the whole public thinking Donald Trump was colluding with Russia. The FBI knew that was bullcrap all the way back in 2017, probably before that too, but they knew all the way back then. And yet the FBI kept that information to themselves and just let the Democrats and the media run away with their narrative that they spun for years, deceiving the American public. Media lied practically every day of Trump's administration, and a lot of it was around the phony Russian collusion scandal. And the FBI was tied up in that. I want to say it again. Disband the FBI. I know nobody who's in charge right now is going to disband the FBI. I'm, I'm well aware of that because the FBI just seems to do whatever the Democrats want, whatever helps them. And so as long as Joe Biden's president, Kamala Harris is vice president, Democrats control the House, Democrats control the Senate, uh, Democrats control a whole lot right now. I know the FBI is not going anywhere for the next few years. Okay. 
But I honestly think the next Republican president needs to make that an, an, a priority item in his first year, whoever the next Republican president is. That needs to be a priority item. Because the FBI, all it's ever doing is working against them, undermining our own democracy. Because I guess, I guess because they're just controlled by Democrats. I don't know what else to say. James Comey, who is director of the FBI, and we'll talk about him later. Uh, technically, he was a Republican. He's an anti, anti-Trump anti Republican and seems to do whatever the Democrats want. So I don't know exactly what makes him a Republican. I think that's, that, that's a fake claim anyway. Let's talk about him a little bit more. James Comey. So he was director of the FBI back when Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton were running against each other for president. And for the beginning of Trump's term as president... Until he got fired, James Comey was director of the FBI. All right? And I, at some point, I think he was fired in the first year that Trump was president. But um, at some point early on, Donald Trump did claim that James Comey had leaked classified information to the public. Uh, that he had leaked it to a reporter and that this reporter then reported it. And so basically that he was leaking classified information to the public. Okay, Here's what Comey actually did. This is really, really sneaky, okay? Comey knew that the Steele dossier was junk. He could not just leak the Steele dossier to the public. Uh, if, in fact, let's go way back. BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed, the, um, I, don't, I guess they're a news source. I don't know really, I don't know how to describe BuzzFeed. They report some news. They report a lot of junk. The BuzzFeed re reports a lot of ridiculous crap, lists of crap that no one even cares about. Newsfeed was sent the Steele dossier before anyone had ever reported it. It had got leaked to them. They thought it was so ludicrous and ridiculous, they did not report on the Steele dossier. They're like, nah, this, this is not, there's no credibility to this whatsoever. It's not like BuzzFeed had some reputable name to begin with, as far as being like a reputable news source. They, they just kind of... They make a lot of silly lists and stuff like that. Even they did not want to sully their reputation by reported, reporting on this ludicrous Steele dossier. So I guess that they weren't getting traction by leaking the Steele dossier. Believe it or not, nobody would report it because it was too ludicrous. It had no credibility to it. So James Comey, in his one of his briefings to President Trump, went and told him about the Steele dossier. Now, he didn't say, oh, and, you know, he just said this This is going around. You know, there's this thing called the Steele dossier that um, it was created. It was funded. The creation of this thing was funded by the Democrats. It was, you could call it opposition research that they were trying to use to hurt Donald Trump. It was funded by the Democrats. James Comey just mentions to Donald Trump in one of his briefings, by the way, this Steele dossier thing is going around. And he he just mentions that to him, you know knowing that there's no credibility to it, obviously. Then he goes and leaks to the press. He goes and leaks to the press. I briefed the president on this Steele dossier. Now, all he did was literally what I said. He just told the president about its existence. That was really all he, all he did. And then he goes to the media and tells them, yeah, I briefed the president on this as if to make the Steele dossier sound like it was a credible document. There was nothing more credible about it than it had been two days earlier, but he wanted to make it sound credible, so he briefs the president on it, only so that he can then go and tell the media, I briefed the president on it. There was nothing, and we know now it was, it was a fraud. 
and he knew it was a fraud. And this was the only way he could get it out there, I guess, into the public's eye to delegitimize President Trump, who he hated for some reason, who, who rightfully fired him later. So James Comey went out and lied and, and told a reporter, oh yeah, I briefed the president on this so that he could get it out there in the public. And this is not a conspiracy theory. James Comey wrote a book. He admits to this stuff, okay? Let me read you a quote from what James Comey said. This is what wasn't in his book, but I mean, I'm just going to read you a quote that he said after all this stuff came out, <clears throat> after he was fired. This is what Comey said. He said, My judgment was I needed to get that out into the public square. So I asked a friend of mine to share the content of the memo with a reporter. I didn't do it myself for a variety of reasons, but I asked him to because I thought that might prompt the appointment of a special counsel. So Comey says, basically, he only leaked this memo of what Donald Trump had been briefed on. He only leaked it to a friend and said, I want you to leak this to a reporter because I felt like it needed to get out there. I mean, James Comey should be, <laughs> he should be jailed, <laughs> in my opinion. He should be in jail. Kyle Rittenhouse should go free. The FBI should be disbanded. And I'm not done yet, by the way. Okay, I'm not done yet. I want to take a trip back even further. Um, for those of you who may have seen the Richard Jewell movie, and that is a movie. I want to talk about what really happened for a moment. But Richard Jewell was a security guard at some, I can't remember, some concert event in the 90s down in Georgia. And a bomb goes off at this event. And uh, Richard Jewell, the security guard, had found the bomb before it went off and was warning people to get away. And he alerted the authorities to come and take care of the bomb. So they were bringing in the bomb squad and all that. Well, before they could arrive, the bomb does explode. It did kill a few people, but not as many as it could have if Richard Jewell hadn't found it first and warned people to get away. So, you know, he was held as a hero. And uh, if you watch the movie or if you know the real life story, I mean, he had nothing to do with this bomb being there. He's just a security guard who was paying attention and found it and was able to warn people in time to, to save many lives. But the FBI had a lot of questions about how Richard Jewell came across this bomb and they investigated him as a suspect. OK, and I'm not saying that was necessarily wrong for them to do that. They were just trying to cover all their bases. You know, they thought, well, this guy, we just want to make sure we just want to make sure that he's uh, legit in all that he's telling us. You know, they, I, I understand that, that they're just trying to cover their bases. However, they leaked it to the press. And I'm not saying it happened just like it did in the movie. If you, But you can look at the real life story. They leaked it to the press that they were investigating him. Richard Jewell, I don't think, even knew he was being investigated. He just He just turns on the news and finds out he's a suspect. And the news is reporting him as if he was the one who put this bomb at the stadium at the first place, at this concert. They just start reporting that, that, he's the, that he's the guy. Suddenly, the whole country, who was hailing him as a hero a few days before, now the whole country's being told, oh no, and now he's the prime suspect in this explosion, that he's the crazy bomber. And so, uh, for 88 days, he had media outside his house, he had people harassing him, he had the FBI coming in and taking their stuff, he underwent um, just a personal hell for, for 88 days until they eventually cleared him as a suspect. And later they did find the real bomber. So they did find the real person who did it. Richard Jewell was totally innocent. And he is totally, honestly, totally a hero. Um, 
Here's what it said on the Wiki Wikipedia page about Richard Jewell, the real person, the real man. It said, though never charged, Jewell underwent a trial by media, which took a toll on his personal and professional life. Uh, and that is what happens a lot of times with these innocent men who get painted as a far-right extremist, men, people like Kyle Rittenhouse, people like Richard Jewell. They get painted as these extremists because... They're conservative men. They get they get put through the ringer through the media and treated as if they're guilty before they've even had a say to defend themselves in public court. Or in the case of Richard Jewell, he would never went to court because he was never charged. He was innocent. But the FBI was there to leak it to the media that Richard Jewell was being investigated. And it totally upended his life, practically ruined his life. Well, there's there's a silver lining, I guess. There's a silver lining. Richard Jewell later sued the media. Uh, the several media sources who had <laughs> defamed him during this whole process, and he settled supposedly for lots and lots of money. But he settled with them um, because they had defamed him so much by reporting him as a as a villain when he was actually the hero. Trial by media is not fair, and uh, I'll mention something else too. As I was looking up some information about the Richard Jewell movie to talk about, <laughs> I came across an article that's. It was from USA Today talking about how many people still today think that Richard Jewell planted that bomb. Even people today. Why? Even though he was cleared, why do they think that? People who remember that event, why do they think he was guilty? Because a lot of times people remember the first headlines they see about a situation and they forget the retractions. They forget the corrections that come later. They forget the good news. They just remember the bad news. And basically for the rest of his life, he's, he's dead now. But for the rest of his life, people thought of him as a bomber. When in, that was just a media and FBI myth that never should have been reported in the first place. Media has, whew, the media has a lot of power and they wield it so irresponsibly. Um, I hope Kyle Rittenhouse, I hope he's found innocent and able to give the media the same treatment, hopefully even more. I hope he's able to give them the Nick Sandman treatment, the Richard Jewell treatment, and have a little bit of revenge on these people who tried to ruin his life. Because the thing with Kyle Rittenhouse, even if he's found totally innocent uh, of, the, of these murder charges, even if he's found innocent, and I think he will be, but there's still going to be people for the rest of his life who try to paint him as some radical, right-wing, white supremacist, even though all the people he shot were white. People try to paint him as a white supremacist terrorists, and terrorist instead of the innocent young man that he actually is. Uh, and I, I also found this interesting quote from someone who used to work for the FBI. He wrote an opinion piece for CNN. His name's James Yagliano. I, I want to I just read a quote from him because he was actually comparing the Richard Jewell situation that I was telling you about. He is comparing that to the Steele dossier and the Trump collusion investigation and all that that the FBI was tied up in, he was, he was comparing those two situations. And here's what he said. Uh, he's talking about how the FBI irresponsibly, and he said this as someone who used to work in the FBI, how the FBI irresponsibly investigates people and doesn't include all the relevant information uh, in what they leak to the public. And, and this is what he said. When applying for a FISA warrant renewal to continue to surveil Carter Page... The FBI was surveilling someone who worked with the Trump campaign, Carter Page. 
Okay, it was found that they used shortcuts and omitted information that Page had worked with the CIA in order to shield it from judges charged with approving the effort. In other words, they lied to a judge in order to get a warrant to surveil the Trump campaign. They, and I want to say they lied. They omitted information that the person they were surveilling was connected with the CIA. They didn't mention that because they wanted to try to make Trump look like this guy working with the Russian government. <laughs> so they asked to surveil someone who was an American citizen, Carter Page, who was an American citizen, who was working with the CIA. They didn't want the judge to know that because they wanted this warrant to investigate Donald Trump. This was their plan all along. Let me continue with what Gagliano said. The surveillance of Carter Page continued even as the FBI gathered information that weakened the assessment of probable cause. Um, I just mentioned that because I just want to mention there that uh, the FBI has been pulling scams like what they did to Richard Jewell, like what they did to Donald Trump, and like what is going on right now with Kyle Rittenhouse. They've been doing this junk for years, which is why I think the FBI needs to be disbanded. Can't reform it. Can't fix it at this point. Disband it. They're doing more harm than good at this at this point. They're trying to overthrow our democracy. They tried to overthrow our democracy in how they treated Donald Trump with this phony Russian collusion hoax. If you try to overthrow our democracy, your institution needs to be destroyed. Don't care how long it's been around. Don't care what good you supposedly do. There's nothing good that you're doing that outweighs the fact that you tried to overthrow our democracy. <laughs> All right. Got some more about the FBI. I'm almost done. The FBI raided a conservative journalist uh, a week or two ago. So James O'Keefe runs Project Veritas. Project Veritas, uh, it's, a, it's an investigative team of reporters. They get these wild scoops. Um, you know, they get this video footage of behind-the-scenes things going on at CNN and with people high up in government. I mean, they obtained some really wild scoops a lot of the time, and they put together these reports. You can look up Project Veritas. Now, they get a lot of um, Project Veritas. It gets a lot of scorn by the mainstream media because a lot of Project Veritas's scoops are things that hurt the Democrats. And so, of course, the mainstream media doesn't do that. So they, they totally always want to say, the mainstream media will say that Project Veritas, you know, they just have no credibility and blah, blah, blah. Everything I've personally ever seen from Project Veritas, I mean, it's in the video. They play the video. I know video can be deceptively edited, but I don't... I, the, the videos I've seen seem to tell a pretty clear story a lot of the time. Uh, you can go to their website and look up some of their reporting if you want to know about Project Veritas. Uh, if you want to know what, what I find most credible about them is that Twitter's banned Project Veritas from posting on there anymore. Social media is banning Project Veritas that's how you know they're probably saying, <laughs> I know I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but they have these really explosive reports at Project Veritas that makes Democrats look very bad sometimes, makes media look very bad. So it's no wonder Democrats in the media don't want Project Veritas around. Well, the FBI raided the home of Project Veritas founder, James O'Keefe, as part of a, listen to this. This is how it was reported by Fox. As part of a federal investigation into the stolen diary of President Biden's daughter, Ashley Biden. So a diary of Ashley Biden was supposedly stolen. This a diary is allegedly her diary. It hasn't been proven yet. And somehow, like I said, Veritas gets these wild scoops. They got the diary of Ashley Biden allegedly. 
All right. The New York Times reported that the raid took place early Saturday morning, just days after the homes of two Project Veritas associates were also subject to uh, the subject of search warrants. Um, and the FBI told the Times that its agents had performed law enforcement activity, but they wouldn't say more than that. Okay. So Ashley Biden's diary, this alleged diary, it went missing days before the 2020 presidential election. And somehow it's ended up at James O'Keefe's house. FBI came in and took it away. Now, <laughs> that right there is a huge indicator to me that the diary is true, that it's like a legitimate document, that this really is Ashley Biden's diary. But that has not been proven just yet and probably can't be proven now because the FBI's taken it away and I doubt it's ever going to be returned, okay? But they caught wind of the fact that James O'Keefe had Ashley Biden's diary. Now, hey, I, I don't, I don't know the details of Ashley Biden's, like, you know, I don't know whether it was her diary or not. James O'Keefe says he had not done a report on the diary yet because he hadn't confirmed that it was real. I'm going to take the fact that the FBI busted in and took it away from him. I'm going to take that as, as proof that it's probably real because why else would they come and take it? But, you know, whether it's real or not, I don't know that that gives the FBI the right to come and confiscate it off your property. Why would they come and take Ashley Biden's alleged diary? You know what? Let me read you an excerpt from this diary that's allegedly. I'm just going to say allegedly so that I'm <laughs> covering myself here. Because James O'Keefe himself said he had not confirmed this thing's authenticity. But let me read you an excerpt from the diary that they took. This is what Ashley Biden wrote in her diary. I don't know when. I don't know how young she was when she wrote this. But she said she was hypersexualized at a young age. What She says, what does this do to? Was I molested? I think so. I can't remember specifics, but I do remember trauma. I remember not liking the Woolzak's house. I don't know what that means. The Woolzak's house is what it says. She continues, I remember somewhat being sexualized with Caroline. I remember having sex with friends at a young age. Showers with my dad, probably not appropriate. That's what she wrote in her diary. Showers with her dad, I guess referring to Joe Biden. And then she put in parentheses, probably not appropriate. Now, again, has not been proven to be authentic. James O'Keefe himself said he had not proven it yet. But he's not the one who made this a national story. The FBI did. <laughs> By busting it and taking it, they're the ones who made this a national story. So a lot of people will deny that this is credible because they'll say, oh, it, cut, yeah, it cuts another thing from Project Veritas. How can we believe that? Project Veritas didn't make this a news story, ladies and gentlemen. The FBI did by coming in and stealing it. Okay? Let me close on my little thing here about the FBI just by saying this. The FBI, we do know some things they've been busy with the past few years. They've been investigating white supremacy rallies. Maybe you saw that hilarious picture from a few months ago of the FBI agents who were all at some, I guess there was supposedly going to be a big white supremacy rally, some white supremacy group. Not very many people showed up. <laughs> the people that were in the photos were clearly FBI agents with their sunglasses and standing around all official. <laughs> it was pretty obvious what they were. So we know they're investigating what the Democrats want you to believe are the greatest terror threats in the United States right now, white supremacists, okay? We know they're investigating that. We know they were they were nearly directed by the judicial um, by the Justice Department of the Biden administration. They were nearly directed to investigate parents at school board meetings 
as domestic terrorists. Now, the Biden administration, I believe, backed down from this, but Merrick Garland was testifying about the the fact that he had um, nearly directed the FBI to investigate American citizens as terrorists for going to school board meetings and speaking up about stuff going on. We talked about this before. So Merrick Garland was asked about this, and then he was also asked about whether FBI agents also participated in the 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 what's called the insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th of this year. You know, as you remember, on January 6th, a crowd of idiots ran into the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. Uh, I guess, supposedly, they were trying to overthrow the election. I don't know what they planned to do. I don't, you know, the, those morons, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what they were planning to do. It had no chance of working. Uh, it was a ridiculous idea from the start, whatever they thought they could accomplish. And as far as what happens to them now, I couldn't care less. I do not care. I do not care about the Capital Six writers if they're locked away forever. Couldn't care less. Bunch of morons, if you ask me. But there are uh, there's some footage of the crowds like the night before, uh, I guess on January 5th. And also during that day, there's footage of people that are believed to be FBI agents who were inciting the the insurrectionists, as they're called, inciting them to charge into the Capitol. Now, Merrick Garland was asked, were FBI agents among the people who charged into the Capitol that day? Were there FBI agents participating in this mob? And Merrick Garland would not deny it. Now, if they weren't there, then he would have just denied it. He would have said, oh, no, we had nothing to do with that. But he would not deny that there were FBI agents involved with that whole thing. I'm not saying that 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 means the Capitol rioters or whatever you want to call them. I'm not saying that that absolves them of any guilt. You know, they still made their own decision. But I'm just saying it's possible that that the FBI had something to do with stirring that crowd up to go in there. Again, those people were responsible for their own choices. But the FBI may have had a part to play in instigating that. That has not come out all the way yet. But we know, here's what we know. They were probably part of that in some way. They were probably there among the crowd. We know they're being directed to look into parents who are concerned about their children's education. We know they're investigating and infiltrating white supremacy rallies. Okay. So that's all that the FBI is involved in right now. Like, those are not all, but that's some stuff that we know they're involved with right now. Why are they not investigating the Black Lives Matter riots that took place last year? Cities burned, like I said at the beginning. It was not mostly peaceful. It was just fiery. Why are they, apparently they're flying planes over there and picking up video footage of people engaged in this mayhem. I don't think they just got lucky like that they just flew one plane, took one video, and it just happened to catch Carl Rittenhouse shooting those guys. I don't think they just got lucky. I think they have tons of footage of all kinds of stuff that went on in the cities last year. Why were they not doing anything to put a stop to it? I mean, what is what does the FBI exist for? They're investigating white supremacy rallies, okay? Where the only one I ever know of that turned violent was that one in 2017 where one person died. So dozens of people died last year in connection with the Black Lives Matter riots and looting. Why were they not putting a stop to that? Why were they not making arrests? They have video footage. Why are they not arresting them right now? I don't know. The Democrats seem to think the Black Lives Matter movement 
including the rioting and looting, that it did a lot of, of benefit to them politically. And I think it did. <laughs> Believe it or not, because that's how screwed up our country is right now. I think it did benefit them. So if the FBI is just another, another branch of the Democrat Party doing their bidding, then why would they have stepped in? Here's something that was just reported in the past few days. The Black Lives Matter, the, the Black Lives Matter leader in New York, his name's Hawk Newsom, the BLM leader over there has warned the new mayor who was just elected over there in New York City. He warned them that if you bring back tougher policing, there will be bloodshed and riots. He outright said this. There's going to be bloodshed and riots if you bring back tough policing. Why is the FBI not investigating Hawk Newsom? He just made a terroristic threat against one of the biggest cities in the United States of America. He leads a movement that was burning cities to the ground last year. Why is the FBI not going after him? The FBI is useless, except for what the Democrats want them to do. And then I guess they're doing a great job. FBI needs to be disbanded. It's beyond time to do that. So that's my argument right there. <laughs> that's our whole deep dive into the Federal Bureau of Investigation, which I think should just be re re renamed the Democratic Bureau of Investigation because there's nothing federal about it. Federal means you represent the United States of America. Well, as far as I'm concerned, the FBI represents about half of the United States of America, the liberal half, and they're against the rest of us. Get rid of the FBI. Disband the FBI. Whoever gets elected president next assuming it's a Republican. That needs to be one of your top priorities. I'm not saying you need to run on that because I think that'd freak some people out, but we need to get rid of the FBI. It is past due for that. All right, well, you know what? Um, I think I should probably stop there for today. It says on my recorder here, I've been talking over 45 minutes and... I don't know that I needed to talk about the FBI for 45 minutes. Yeah, I did. That's all I really needed to talk about today. There's a couple other things that happened. Let me let me just run through them real quick. Because these were actually just kind of funny. Can we just end with some stuff that's a little bit funny before we go on? Um, before we lock her up for today. So Don Lemon has filed a legal complaint against Megyn Kelly. So Megyn Kelly has a podcast. Um, as you know, she's she's kind of a conservative reporter. Used to work for Fox News then went to MSNBC, then got fired. That's a whole thing of itself. I, I think she was pretty easily manipulated to go over there because they just wanted to get her off the air. We can talk about that some other time. She's got like a podcast now. So Don Lemon allegedly groped some guy at a bar sometime back. And he, I don't know if he like sued Don Lemon. This was all alleged. And uh, there was some payout of like, I think it said six figures, some big payout from Don Lemon that this guy would sign a non-disclosure agreement and not talk about it anymore. So that happened. Anyway, then I guess the guy a few years later now, he's going on Megyn Kelly, Megyn Kelly's show and his viol he's violating, I guess, his non-disclosure agreement to talk about allegedly that Don Lemon sexually assaulted or sexually harassed him in public a few years ago at this bar. So Don Lemon... <laughs> one of the stupidest people uh, in any media platform anywhere in the country, Don Lemon. Oh, these... <laughs> I'm glad CNN keeps him around just so that we have someone to laugh at. Well, Don Lemon's filed a legal complaint against Megyn Kelly because she's going to allow his 
accuser to come on her show to tell his story. As far as I know, that's still moving forward. I don't know if that's changed. Uh, oh, it's not a podcast. It's a Sirius XM radio show. I guess that's what Megyn Kelly has now. She might have a podcast too. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, why? what also makes this so funny, it's not just like just his sexual proclivities getting in the news that makes it funny, but CNN has pulled this kind of crap lots of times where someone has signed a non-disclosure agreement and then CNN will just bring him on the air to talk all about it. CNN does this kind of stuff constantly. I'll give you an example. Stormy Daniels, the porn star, I'm going to call her a prostitute, prostitute who slept with Donald Trump, because I don't think she did it for free. She slept with Donald Trump some years back, and then they signed a non-disclosure agreement so that she wouldn't talk about it. And she went on CNN, Don Lemon's network, she went on CNN and described the president of the United States, what he looked like naked. She went and did this on CNN. This is one of the reasons I say CNN is not a legitimate news source, because they put this kind of they, they lowered themselves to that level where they wanted someone to come on TV and describe what the president's genitals looked like. They invited a porn star on, on and gave her a platform. Someone who had a non-disclosure agreement that they just willfully allowed her to violate. But they don't seem to like it very much when that happens to them. <laughs> so I'm just mentioning that story because it cracks me up. Uh, my mom used to say, what goes around comes around. And it's coming around for CNN. Um... This is something else they tweeted out today. I'm recording this on Veterans Day. Okay, this is what CNN tweeted out today. This is how highly they think of themselves. CNN tweets out, We thank soldiers for their service because they devote themselves to protecting our freedoms. And we should. But we should also thank the media for the same reason, especially when the stakes have never been higher. Oh my goodness. Here they are. (laughs) I'm just going to present that without comment because I'm going to be too busy throwing up to even go into that right now. CNN, ladies and gentlemen. And then one more funny story. What do you know? It's CNN again. Uh, Okay, so CNN tweets, tweets this earlier this week. This is my beyond the headline for the week, okay? My beyond the headline. Um, This was a tweet to a real story from CNN. The tweet is what cracked me up. The tweet... This was this tweet was hilarious. This is this is this was after there was like a concert last week where like eight people died at this concert because they got trampled by crowds is how the story goes. So here's what well, here's what CNN tweets out. <laughs> if you're in a crowd and people are close enough to bump against you, it could be getting too crowded. An expert says. <laughs> If you're in a crowd and people are close enough to bump against you, it could be getting too crowded. <laughs> and then they end it with an expert says, <laughs> they tweet that out. Aren't you glad? You know, I guess they finally said something true over at CNN. That, that is a statement I can't disagree with. I don't know that I would have needed to go to an expert for that opinion. I'm so glad they're here to tell us these things. Okay. Uh, and then I couldn't resist. I had to click on that. I just had to click on that and see like, what is this story all about? They talked to an expert about crowds and how to, how to know when the crowd is getting too crowded. So the headline was, um, these are the warning signs that a crowd is dangerously dense. And you know, I don't live in a big city. Maybe for people who live in bigger cities, this might be a more 
pressing concern. I don't go to a lot of wild and crazy concerts ever. So I don't need an article like this, but it, it piqued my attention, especially the expert part. So the headline, the story goes, if you're in a crowd and people are close enough to bump against you, it could be getting too crowded. The, again, what was in the tweet? That's according to G. Keith Still, a visiting professor of crowd science at the University of Suffolk and head of GK Skill International, a consultancy that trains event organizers on how to spot danger. <laughs> so G. Keith Still is visiting professor of crowd science. And I was like, no, there's no way that's a thing. Crowd science? <laughs> it's like, where do you get a degree in crowd science? I don't, I can't answer that question for you, but I, I Googled the guy. I will say I learned something new, okay? Crowd science is, I guess, a real thing. Uh, he has a bio on the University of Suffolk website. Keith specializes in teaching the principles and applications of crowd safety and crowd risk analysis. So it is a real thing. So I just, it's not fake news. I just found it kind of hilarious. There, that if I've never heard a kid say that when they grow up, they want to be a crowd scientist. But that is a field you can go into. I just want you all to know that if it benefits your life in any way, to know that there is a field of study in crowds. And if you want to pursue that field, there's somewhere supposedly you can do that. I didn't find out where. I just found it. I found it humorous. I wanted to share that with you today. Before we go, and I'll mention this here, if you want to get in touch with us here at the Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast, you can send us an email to fierybutpeaceful at gmail.com. And I really appreciate it if you want to, if you see some fake news and want to send it our way, I'll be happy to give you credit for it. Um, they had more I wanted to talk about today, but I think I've talked long enough and <laughs> we've all learned something today. So it's about time to close down our email again, fiery, but peaceful at gmail.com. Can you believe no one had taken that yet? Fiery, but peaceful. Um, but that's where you can send, that's where you can send your hate mail, your complaints, your suggestions, or if you just want to send us some fake news, but I'd really appreciate some hate mail. I'd like that a lot. So if you, if you, if you want to send us some, send it our way. Let me know if you work for the FBI whenever you send it, because that would make it even funnier. Also, to stay in touch throughout the week, we're on Twitter, at Fake News Weekly. That's where you can find us on Twitter, and we could use some follows on there. I know, I get a lot of news from the Twitter, so if you uh, if you want to send us or get in touch with us through there, if I can't do the show one week for some reason, check the Twitter, and I'll put out some kind of notice about that if, if the show is not there. If I can't do one for a week, I'll put the notice out on Twitter. Um, also, if you like Bible studies or if you just really dig the sound of my voice, I do have another podcast. It's called Cross References. It has nothing to do with news or current events, but I do consider it my main podcast. I have new episodes of that one on Mondays. So just go look up Cross References. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get this podcast. You can also find my other one. And uh, I want to thank you for tuning in today. This has been Luke Taylor with Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast. And just remember, if you ever meet someone who tells you that they're a crowd scientist, well, that actually possibly could be true, but most likely that's just fake news. <laughs>